Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to BenchCast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for benchwarmers. Well, it seems we're at the other end of COVID, and lockdowns are a thing of the past, but there's been some good things come out of COVID. Like this podcast, for one thing, I started during the height of the lockdown, and please God, I'll keep it going for another while yet. So, without further ado, on the show today, I have Castlehaven and Cork footballer Brian Hurley, and I also have the Guinness guru, Derek Curran. Sit back, relax, and give it a listen. Enjoy. Brian Hurley. Brian, how are you? All good, Nev. All good now. Um, yeah, no, all is good. Yeah, some bit of normality here on the place and stuff in here, so... Yeah, well, uh, it's... Could be positive. Oh, definitely. Um, well, I suppose, yeah, definitely. It's good that everything's open and open. It's made life a lot easier. But the first thing we'll get out of the way, anyway, because I'm very interested in the, the startup you're involved with, Brian, is Mind Drinks. How did you, because I know Dermot Sullivan on the podcast a few months ago, and um, he was telling me about it. How did you get involved and tell me about it? Yeah, basically, with um, involved now uh, with, the, with the lads, I suppose. Basically, I suppose, um, the CEO, Simon Allen, I would have been very friendly with over the years. Uh, he was actually one of the first people to, to set up um uh, say the Cork Football Sporting uh, Fundraising Group and I suppose I kept, became friendly with him through that and you know he, he's a local Douglas man and um, we would have been on trips and stuff out to the US and I suppose you know it was kind of always developing we were having the chats about it and whatnot, and the whole idea was to bring it home at some stage and kind of start pitching it here I suppose it, basically it's a it's a health and wellness drink um, if some you know the people that don't know about it it's a uh, it's based for you know recovery, sleep. It's um it's a hemp product which would have CBD in it, with um it's THC free. So you know it it, it it's it's I suppose it, the good thing about it is it it's it's it, it, there's a lot of health benefits to it, and it hits all the different markets. It's not just the the sports people, um but like you know business, academic, elderly, the younger generation, depending on you know if, what what you're after really, like you know what I mean, but. From my side of it, I use it for recovery and, and the sleep side of it, you know, from the sports side of it. And, you know, I suppose during work as well, like, you know, if you're having one of them days, it kind of just, it, it makes you concentrate and gets you over the middle of the slump as well. So, it, it, you know, that's the kind of product. And like I took CBD products before, drops and stuff, and, um, you know, they weren't the most uh, satisfying taste-wise, but yeah. in fairness to the lads and, um, you know, the lads in the lab, they, they've come up with a very good product and, uh there's going to be more to the range this year, um, a few more products. So it's it's going to be exciting times ahead, to be honest. No, definitely. So it's M Y N D Mind Drinks. No, it's definitely one. You're not full time in it, though, Brian, are you? Because you're a no, sales rep, no, are you, no, day no. to day, or what? What you do? Yeah, you? I'm working um, as an area sales manager with with Abcovix there. Um, they were they were actually uh, overtook by Bunzel. Um, they're a pretty big firm, so we do we do all packaging products and. I'd be kind of all over the country, so it is. It's it's uh, been doing away for nine years, so happy enough with it. Anyway, you know. No, um, the only reason I'm laughing. The only reason I'm laughing is because uh, I was down in West. I'm East Cork, and like I hate to admit it, but West Cork is actually beautiful. I during the lockdown, I went down there a bit, and it's lovely down around there. But the question I ask your sales rep, and you're from West Cork. Do you ever get out of the car? Do you? <laughs> There's a bit of travelling involved, right? Um, but especially with the football as well, but it's just kind of trying to get the balance of it, I suppose. Lockdown was kind of good to me in a way, in terms of like, it, it kind of, 
it left it um it, it basically I suppose it gave you time to you know kind of take a break from the road and whatnot so uh but you'll be constantly up and down with football and you know when you're on the road you're kind of used to it so I suppose a trip from West Cork to Cork is it feels like nothing for me now you know what right. I mean like uh you'll yeah. be on the road up and down Dublin and stuff that's where the office is so uh, I don't mind it to be honest with you kind of thinking you can call a few of the lads and get a few um like when you're on the road day to day, you'll be calling into business, so the day goes pretty quick anyway. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it is it's a lot of lot of time in the in the car, right? And you know, I suppose with everything, then it's 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 it, you have to kind of work ahead in terms of your meal prep and stuff because of football and the level you're at. Um, but it's 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 all good, and I'm, I'm still doing it anyway. So yeah, yeah, enjoying. That's good. We'll, we'll we'll go back to day one then, Brian. Like how. Like being from West Cork, was it always football for you and your fam? Like your club is Castlehaven, that's just outside Skibreen, if I'm right. And like, like because obviously Castlehaven has a big tradition there. Uh, Niall Callan and um, Larry Tompkins played with him as well, didn't he? And I remember that that time they lost the the All Ireland Club final. There was big controversy, but for you, I suppose it was football from day one, was it? Yeah, it was really like football was was number one. We used to be playing and. The pier and living literally on the pier in Newton Hall. So, with the older brothers, we used to be kicking around the neighbours, kind of like in the whole thing. There was trying to keep the ball out of the water was was the hardest part. Never mind kicking over the bar, like. But um, that's where it started for me, really. Like you know, and I suppose you know the family were always into the GA, and the older brothers are always playing Castlehaven. Um, and like I suppose you know when when your your parish your club were so much into them. You see the likes of what achievements John Clary and like Colin and, and Tonkins did with Cork. It kind of drives the club even more and the people around it. So I suppose, you know, being a 90s kid, you know, Cork was so strong in that era. Um, in the early 90s especially, uh, it was kind of football from day one. And uh, I was saying that I played a lot of soccer with Gina Rangers and stuff. And, you know, there was opportunities. We had a good run in school and, you know, there was opportunities to move to Cork to play at a different level. And... Uh, but it was always, you know, it was kind of like either join a, a city club with soccer or, you know, be go up and down to cart trials. And I think the father only had it one way, really. And I right. think, to be honest, I was happy enough with it in the end, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's always been football, you know. I suppose you wouldn't really change it either, like, you know, for, for, for like, you know, the, the, the life we've had and how, how good football has been to us. And I suppose we'd had bad days as well. But yeah. um, to be honest, you know, we, we live and breathe it down there and... Uh, you get great support, you know, whether with your Castlehaven or with Cork, so that makes things easier as well. And are you, um, how did you get in then? Like, did, did you go to college then, Brian? Or like, how, because how, I know you broke onto the Cork team in 2013. Like, how, what was your route into getting into Cork? Yeah, it was, I suppose, like, um, I suppose, realistically, you know, it would have been, you know, breaking through to, to I was Cork underage, kind of Cork 14, 15, 16. And minor was the big one, really, like, you know, into the dollar and final under Brian Cobbert. And we lost by a point in, to Tyrone, like, you know, um, and we, we'd be carried down in, down in Killarney in the Munster final. So, like, that kind of really sprung it in 2010. And Cork were in dollar and senior football the same day. So, football was already done with the Cork at the time. So, you know, I suppose we'd have disappointed there, but you could see where the, the Cork were at and 8,000 people there. That was the next goal, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. It was always um there was always that want to, to get there, like, you know, and I knew there was huge steps between, you know, minor and actually make it a senior because back then they were they were very big and physical. But uh 
yeah, it, it, look, it, it came fairly quickly, to be honest. You were, you know, two years minor, three years under 21, very successful under John Clary. And and then it just it just happened, like, you know, it, obviously it was, it was a lot of training going to senior as a year or so. And, but um, 2013 against against Clare was, it was you know, something I'll never forget. Any, or sorry, against Limerick, it was the debut. It was something I'll never forget. Um, yeah. Just the players I was playing with at the time and that were involved at Cork were fellas I looked up to and... Well, it was only dreaming of playing, and you know what happened. And it's scary to think, um, to know that was nearly nine years ago now, like you know, yeah, yeah. And Ted, speaking about soccer, then because I know there's two questions I know you're a mad Liverpool fan, and also, um, weren't you on that celebrity banner store that time? Did Harry Redknapp come down to Castlevin? Tell me, tell me about that because yeah. that must have been mad, yeah. It was, it was, uh. <laughs> It was good banter. I was actually training at Cork a lot of the time. Um, I was actually coming back from uh, an injury as well, so I wasn't really involved at the start. I was down there for one training with him. Uh, I was a character. Like he was, I'd be, I'd be straight up. He didn't really have a clue about GA. Yeah. Uh, the cameras might have let on differently, like, but he was just. Uh, he, his experience was. I, I'd say he thought we were half mad. To be honest with you, like he saw a bit of the training that was actually put in, and you know, it wasn't just put on for cameras. It was normal. You know the, the running and the dogging you kind of did, and he couldn't believe it was amateur. To be honest, like I can remember talking to him after, like he was saying, like, "Do you go for beers now?" And we we're like, "No, you actually stay off and stuff like that." He co- he couldn't believe it, like you know, yeah. for what was involved in it and the physicality of it then as well from the gym side of it. Um, that's the interesting. I I I I I, I was chatting to him like he couldn't. That gave me a bit of a a jump in saying like you know he he recognised you know, how hard we worked and stuff. So yeah, that was that was nice to see, but. Um, yeah, look, it was you know it was kind of something for cameras, and sure he got a few pounds out of it, but it was a class experience for us as well to have someone just around and a bit of a buzz around the place. And we we have a new uh, new stand down in Castle and it was a serious buzz, and you know that day and it was a, it was a good day out. And um, but yeah, his his knowledge in the GA wasn't thing, but he stayed in contact I think a bit after and was wondering with, with a few in the parish so like that was nice as well like and uh, right. in fairness he was down the pub and all after for a few glasses of wine and stuff with the missus so right. it was good old crack to be fair no that's and like just because I'm interested when, like when that was going on like like was he was he kind of assistant coach to the, to your main coach and were they like club games like county games or were they just friendlies organised no it was a, it was a set up it was kind of like it was set up with a game against Aaron's Oil in Dublin, so they came down to play us. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so the, um, and it was like it was just basically a it was kind of a friendly game with a cup kind of and, um John Luca de Valley was in charge of him, yeah. so it was kind of both sides and they he was on your own for what a you know, a game and you know, four or five training sessions kind of thing, and uh then the the main game, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So um no, but it was it was good, like he was He's mad at the penalties and stuff like you know and pressure free kicks. He was mad about that, I think, because I suppose the soccer would be really focused into that area. And yeah. in GA, you wouldn't really think about it. You just kind of go to the free taker. But he was, he wanted free competitions, penalty competitions, like trying to want to put the pressure on you. If you know what I mean, I'd say mm-hmm. because that's the way soccer was, and uh, he was calling it the wrong name, spot kicks and all this. But we had a good laugh off it, like and but you, you like you know on the general side of things, like. He was really into honest players, like you know what I mean, and stuff. I was telling him about injury, um, injuries and stuff like that, and like you know how you manage him. He was telling me about Leslie King, like that he was never fit, but he trusted him so much and he knew his role, he'd get through the game mentally and stuff, which I thought was very interesting. And 
just to have that little small chats and you know and get pick up a small few things you know that, that's that was the aim of what I got over anyway. Yeah, and tell me, you like you're speaking about injuries, like you had the same injuries, Paula Collin, didn't you? Didn't you rip the hamstring off your leg or something? Someone was telling me that. Is that? Yeah, similar, uh, similar injury. I'd say uh, Paul probably has a bigger hamstring than I did. I'd say. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it ruptured my hamstring off my tendon, so I had a full rupture uh, in 2016, and I did all the rehab and something happened again in 2017. So um, yeah, it was it was uh, nip and tuck the career at one stage, but look, yeah. uh, thankfully you know I had the good people around me, and you know I went to the, a very good surgeon in the end who got me back to a level that I was happy with, and obviously the last few few years have been a bit of grafting to get back to where I wanted, but um, I'm feeling good at the minute, anyway. And talk to me about Liverpool. Do you, do you go over often? Do you? Are you a big fan? No, I, I am, to be honest. Like, I'd watch yeah. every game, to be honest with you. Like, you know, I don't get over as much as I'd like to due to the, yeah. the GA season is fairly uh, challenging and it's fairly it's fairly long. Like, you might guess, you know, two, three-week break and, you know, it's kind of full-on. I'd rather, to be honest, go to the sun and switch off fully. But yeah. um, I watch every game. I have a good few buddies. I got a call and stuff. We, we watch the game together Um so it's yeah, there's a good there's a good there's a good crew of us to be honest, there's a few lads in Cork as well, like that are that are uh, the Cork team that are are, are pool fans as well. So it's good and there's a bit of banter. But um yeah, I know we had a good few years there now and uh you know, hopefully we is can the, keep things going and is the race still on or are they still in the race or do you think it's over? Uh I think, you know, being honest, I think City look fairly strong for the league now, but uh Hopefully, you know, um, we can get the boys back from the Africa Cup of Nations now and Champions League really focus on that and hopefully pick up the League Cup as well. I know it's nothing too big to brag about, but they all count, I suppose, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but yeah, I know I think Champions League, they really need to focus in on because, you know, I, th- I think the league is after slipping. And, uh, yeah. But it's good. I look, I'd be in the, I, it's good to switch away from football as well, you know, to watch a bit of the soccer and... I think to be honest, Gary Neville and Carragher are brilliant. Like you know, yeah, I mean, no. they, they tune you in. You know, even on a Monday night, it could be a boring game, but you'd nearly tune in because there'd be good banter and stuff. And it, it would, yeah. switches away from the GA side of it, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm also interested in Brian as well, um, because like, Harry Redknapp, you were saying there, couldn't believe that you're amateur. And to be honest, like to call you amateur is an absolute insult. Like, what's your day to day like every day then? Because like I'd say it's just relentless. Um, it's, 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 yeah, you're used to it now, I suppose. It's, um, basically, you know, I suppose a typical day would be you get up in the morning, you, you start like, whether I'm on the road or you, you could be working from home, you'd be, you know, you get ready, you basically the night before you'd be prepping your, your breakfast if you're on the road, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, you go to your day to day about, you'd have snacks for the car. Um, you plan if you're in a certain area, you'd have an idea of a place that would be half healthy for grub. Uh, you'd be fueled with water and stuff as well all day. Um, and basically, then um, you're kind of just making your way back to for training realistically. And you could be at training anytime from six onwards till till half nine. Uh, you know, kind of get home, shower at home, have the grub at home now because of COVID and stuff. So it's a pity then you're getting ready for the next day. And, you're working at home it's there's a bit more it's a bit better because you can prep you can make your food at home and you know it's a bit easier and stuff like that but um yeah you try try balance it around you know training basically that's the number one or the game at the weekend and your food would be driven on that as well like you know if you're high carbs or, or whatever maybe but 
yeah, you'll be training typically five nights. Um, you know, you'll be on the pitch maybe three and gym two nights. Yeah. And the two nights off, you try maybe chill out, watch soccer, or, you know, get to a pool or something or do a bit of stretching. It, it, it's fairly full on, but like every player in, in the country at, at this level is at the same thing. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, You'd really want to love and, it though, uh, wouldn't you? You do. And that's the other side of it, I suppose, you know, like, you know, the older you get, you, you realise, you know, the start, it kind of just flies. And then the middle of the road is like, you're pushing and there's younger fellas coming and it's, you know, you're really pushing yourself. And then, you know, coming up to your 30 or so, you need to, you need to really know, like you have to enjoy it. Like, you know, like I suppose you realize you might be coming to the end as well, if you know what I mean. And it's about, you know, trying to enjoy the training and mix the the balance of professionalism and having the crack, like, you know what I mean? And, uh, and that's very important. I think like, you know what I mean? It's an amateur sport, as you said, and there's so much put into it. The professional side is there, but I think it's important to 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 chill out and have the crack and a bit of banter as well, because you know if you have a bit of that in the team as well, it, it, it's a good thing. Like you know, speaking of banter, then I suppose I think are the bars playing this weekend again? Uh, some crowd yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, would you yeah, would you be supporting them? Like, would you, or is it Celtic? Um, really? I would look in in all honesty. Like you know, you 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 I'd be very friendly with um, McGuire and Sherlock and say Sam Ryan. Um, you know, and even Chelsea, like they, like you know, you'd have played them for a long time, and you build up relationships. You know, outside the club, but you've been early. You know, you give them a text to go for coffee, what not. Um, and in fairness, look, I suppose when when, when Car County is over, you wish them the best. There's no, there's no bad bones about it. Um, uh, I thought it was a great game this year, a great game of football. I thought we could have came out. It, it was nip and tuck. You know what I mean? But yeah. you don't hold grudges, to be honest with you. Like you know what I mean? You can have the crack during the game, and you know it can be all serious and. Have a cut off each other, but you know when, when the game's over, the game's over. Like you know, and in yeah. fairness, um, they did very well. You know, last weekend, um, I think you know they they'll, they'll be serious contenders to go all the way. If I'm being honest, like you know what I mean. Yeah, and what about um, the other thing I want to ask you about then as well, because I'm actually I am a big supporter of yours. Um, Aussie rules and stuff. Did you ever get a look in with them? And then how frustrating is it? Like I suppose when you might lose players, to Aussie rules. Like you know, like I know Marquine now he's back. But then he's after picking the hurling like so is that frustrating then as well like you know yeah look it's i suppose look it's it's personal decisions at the end of the day it's what you want to get out of yourself um i think back you know early days i think i think it was maybe 2011 i was asked to, you know if i'd be interested in looking at a trial thing in dublin and to be honest there was a wedding on uh, a close friend of mine wedding and we were just after losing a county final to UCC, so i to be honest, it's the last thing in my mind, yeah, especially yeah. when I worked so hard to get to the position I was in at the time, like, you know. Um, but, um, look, I, I watch it, like, you know, I think it's a great game. It's very physical. You can pick up a few things from it. Uh, you know, a lot of fellas have gone out there and a lot of fellas have made, you know, good naysers and, and played professional football, which is, you know, something that we'd all like to do at some level. But, uh, yeah, you know, I suppose I'm a homebird at the end of the day, like, you know, you know, I don't know if even if I'd be good enough for it, to be honest, and yes, that's the one. But uh, you know, I'm a bit of a homebird, and um, but look, the lads went out there like like Kieran and Marquine and a lot of lads around the country. You know, in fairness, I I, I believe it's it's serious serious professionalism. Like the training is is ridiculously tough, and uh, um, you know they really they really do challenge you, and they they put your body on the line, like like you know. You get a lot of operations and stuff out there. It's it, it's it's you know it's it's full on like you know what I mean. And yeah. they want you play. So 
you know, um, the one thing I always want to do is go back to the club, if you know what I mean. Like, as in, you know, even playing Cork, that's my end goal. And, you know, and luckily enough that after my surgery and stuff that I'm still playing. So that's something that I really want to do, enjoy my club football. And, you know, if that's like, you know, going out there and coming back in a bad way and, and the body in bad nick, it wouldn't be ideal for me and personally yeah. or anything like that. Like, but I can see why they go. Look, it's a massive opportunity for, for themselves. Look, to be paid to play for something you love, of course you'll go for it. You know what I mean? If yeah. if the right opportunity came. But um, I find, you know, people say it's similar sports. And like, I, even when Mark came back and Kiran came back, you can pick up things from their movement, their feet, like in terms of where they go into for the jump and stuff. That's what I was watching. So you can I pick up a few things. Um, but it, it is a different game, like, and it's like you've seen even with other players, like you know Tommy Walsh and uh, a few more coming back into J. Like for for the level of training they were doing, I'd say it was more challenging than people thought. If you know what I mean, the difference of it, like you know. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's a great sport. I, I throw yeah. that in there. You know I mean, <laughs> when it's on, I look at it and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. I try to pick up a few things from it. If you know what I mean, especially. The feet work, they're, they're all unbelievable in the air, like you know, yeah. I mean? they're nearly a play ahead, which is very good. But, uh, yeah, no, it's look, I think there's you learn a lot from it, but um, you like to see people our players stay in, 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 in Ireland as well, like you know. Um, we got a few questions in then when I put up, uh, asked to guess the question, and I suppose well, there's one that's unfair one, but I'd ask it anyway win a all Ireland with Castlehaven or win one with Cork. <laughs> Uh, it's a tough one because yeah. you've been you've been, <laughs> you've been grafting a lot for the both of them. But um, look, I suppose realistically, I take any of them. <laughs> I right, take your hand right. off any of them. To be honest, and it's it's easy to say it. Like, but uh, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be anywhere without my club. If you know what I mean, like I yeah, wouldn't be yeah. if you're not playing Cork and stuff. So, and as I said, I'd always be going back to my club and joining my football. So. Yeah. Look, number one, it would be in club, like you know, but obviously my main goal at the minute and the one team I'm training the most with at the minute is Cork, and that's that's the ultimate at the minute. Like and the other one that came in was um uh oh you always play particularly well against Kerry. Is there any reason in that? Uh I don't know about that, but yeah. there's always, you know <laughs> Yeah. I'll be honest, like you know, I used my parents used to bring me to Cork Kerry when I was younger and it was something that I always wanted to do is I always wanted to play. I wanted to be, you know, on that pitch in front of the crowd and just playing for Cork against Kerry with the tradition. And, uh, you know, every chance I get, I try, you know, I try, yeah. I try my best and try to win for the team. And maybe it just gets the extra bit of edge out here, if you know what I mean. But, um, yeah, look, hopefully we can have more successful days against, Car- against Kerry hopefully. in the Cork jersey. And the other question that came in is, uh, who is the best player you played against and played with? Um, Jesus, that's a tough one. No, to yeah. be fair. Uh, like, realistically, um, like, you know, I've come up against a lot of tough, tough players, to be honest with you. Um, like, I suppose, between the best and physicality, you know, there's a few there yeah. that gave me a fair thumping was, you know, um, um you know, Neil McGee was always tough to mark, to be honest with you, like uh, Lee Keegan would be definitely up there and Mark O'Shea was, was always tough and to be honest, never I marked him and, you know, he didn't get much room, you know, so, yeah, yeah. you know, from a tough point and playing with, you know, um, like, you know, I suppose when I broke into the team playing with the likes of, you know, I wouldn't just have one one person, to be honest, like, like, 
like Graham Canty, like I just what he did behind the scenes and on trainings and stuff, and what Colm O'Neill and others can do in training, where you wouldn't see it every day on the pitch, was, was frightening. And they are the things that I tried to learn off, if you know what I mean. Um, so, one hundred percent in terms of like you know the players I played with were were some very strong contenders in that team, and you know I suppose <laughs> I shout out to Mark Collins as well. Like I probably yeah. wouldn't have. Half the scores I wouldn't without him, you know what I mean? Okay. And I don't think he gets, not just because he's a friend of mine or club mate, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, you know, he, he certainly don't, like, because what he brings to any team is, is serious, like, you know. Yeah. Just uh, finally, before I ask you about Cork then, uh, Brian, is that actually speaking about that Cork team, they, they won the All-Ireland in 2010, I think it was. I was I was at that against Down. And um, who would you look... Who would be like a childhood hero of yours then? Like, because I remember obviously Colin Corkery was a few years before that, but remember um, Paddy Kelly was in that team, um, Graham Canty, as you said. You know, there were some great footballers in that 2010 team. What player would you looked up to the most, I suppose, back in the in when Cork were good, when we, when you were growing up? <clears throat> yeah, um, I suppose the main ones like would have been like, you know, they were, they were close to me at the time, and uh, I was kind of in the 20s with them were Aiden and Kiran. And um, they were very good to me, you know, we might have been brought in for the odd training session and stuff just after that. And I was always like, like I wanted to beat them at 21. I was at mine or there at 21. I wanted to be on the same step of them, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and luckily enough, did in the end, but they were always the ones I was trying to catch closer to my time. But before that, like, you know, the Colm O'Neill's, Daniel Goulding's, you, you always wanted to, you know, see them and Dunnock O'Connor, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, he came on the scene very late for Cork, and you know, um, you know, when I broke into the Cork team, he was very, very good to me. Even though there was a big age gap, you know, he, he showed me the ropes, and you know, just you just learned off him. He was that kind of a person, like you know what I mean. Um, very cute in the way he think he did. He played the game, and um, you know, you you might realize it before that, but when you actually in training, you look up to him even more if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, when, yeah. especially looking after you and you know, showing you a few bits and. Scotland yeah, as well at the same time, like you know. Yeah, no, it was great that the likes of Donegal O'Connor and them they got an All Ireland because you know they were great servants for Cork. But and then finally, Brian, um, just talking about I suppose uh, Cork this year, but like it's it's hugely competitive and like you kind of see football is kind of starting to make a comeback a small bit because you know for years there Dublin were dominating and people were saying the game has kind of gone boring. But like you know you must be hugely looking forward to Cork this year. <clears throat> Yeah, I am sure. I'm looking forward to Cork every year. I talk out with him, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, the main focus is um, you know starting with the league now, and that that that's the main priority. And there's a lot of young fellas, um, you know, putting their hand up and whatnot. So hopefully they can keep everyone on their toes. And which uh, every year you talk out with Cork, it's a privilege, and you want to get the best farm and get back to where realistically we should be. So. That's the main goal, and uh, I'll try to do my best to push us in the right direction. And uh, it's just, you know, as I said, you look forward to every game you play. No, definitely. And finally, Brian, I do this with all my guests. Um, 60 second questions where you have to think of a spot. Right? So, <laughs> all right. Um, favorite food? Um... <laughs> Jesus. We're going again. Sorry. We'll be in the spot there now. Um... <laughs> Jesus, I think they're uh, steak, steak and chips. Yeah. Favorite golf course? Uh, Brutal golfer. Uh, <laughs> I've only played about five times. Right, I'll leave that. Uh, how often do you do your dirty laundry? 
Uh, not great. Uh, once a month, maybe. Right. <laughs> Westlife or boys' one? Uh, Westlife. Um, Favourite holiday? San Diego. Who would play you in a movie? Jesus. Jesus, uh, you're a spot. Jesus, <laughs> uh, I have no clue. Um, pass. Pass, pass, pass. Uh, leg day or chest day? Uh, leg days now with my hamstrings. Right. Uh, favorite thing to do on your day off? Chill, watch Netflix. Go to karaoke song? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> right. uh, best book you've ever read? Um, Larry Tompkins, I believe. Uh, biggest fear? Losing. And um, uh, favorite film? Uh, favorite film would be Ben Cousins. Um, uh, the, it's an AFL documentary, actually. All right. And finally, uh, tea or coffee? Uh, tea. Oh, bother. Brian, thanks a minute for that, and best luck with Cork this year, and um, hopefully Castlehaven as well in another few months' time. Good man. Thanks very much, Nev. So, Brian. Dara Curran, aka the Guinness Guru. How are you? Thanks for coming on the pod, lad. Very good, lad. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm very well. Busy slash not too busy. Busy getting the videos up, going around the place. But uh, at the end of the day, it's a pretty fucking handy gig. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm that busy, to be honest. I tell you, there's a lot of lads and we're very envious envious of your job. You were in, a, you were in London last week, were you? Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, just on the job front, yeah, a lot of people don't know, like, this is what I'm actually doing for a living, which is, is very hard to kind of comprehend, I suppose, but but yeah, mad. Uh, I was in London last week, I was doing kind of, you, you kind of try to get a couple of videos out of it if you're going to go on such a big trip, um, so I did Central London the first day and then North London the second day, and it was good, points were kind of as expected, like, uh decent but just nowhere near the standard of, of a decent city in Ireland and then the one thing I noticed was they, they all served the Guinness extra cold over there I think we experimented that with, with that in Ireland oh geez, years ago and I, I think it probably lasted about a year if even because it was they said no no chance um, but yeah decent points but all very feckin' cold Right look we'll, we'll come on to that now but I suppose I want to start off with like what is the Guinness Guru like? If if I was completely, if I didn't have a clue what you're about, explain it to me. And what is it? Yeah, well, the word Guru would suggest I'm an absolute expert in it. I I definitely would put up my hand and say I'm not. Uh, the Guru just just went well after Guinness. I think the GG. Um, the, it's it's basically a YouTube channel, Instagram, um, and I suppose TikTok, Twitter, all the social medias. And it's myself, Dara Curran, uh, an average enough lad, I would say, just going around uh, tasting pints and, and making videos kind of. So, so I'll go to a town or a, or a city or whatever, big town, big cities and small towns and stuff as well. And I'm, I'll go on Instagram and I'll say, right, lads, where's the best pint in, let's just say, I don't know, Cork. And I get a load of messages saying, go here, go there, go there. And I'm just going to tally them up and I'll say, see which got the most and say, I'll pick out the top four or five. And I'd love to do all the pubs, but you know yourself, if you go doing fucking 10, 11 pubs, you'd be absolutely off your ear. So I try to keep it to four or five. And then 
um yeah i just kind of drink them and give them a score and you like the, the uh, then i put the whole video up on youtube and then i just kind of i put on inst- i kind of you can follow along like live on the day when i'm doing it on instagram and then like a few days later to be a video on youtube um and then i guess like the criteria for the points like it's again it's not too i always say like if you're looking for guinness sort of knowledge and detail and stuff like you're on the wrong page like you i'm right. literally just a la- an average lad going around just making videos that's it yeah. really and how did you think to start it? Like, because I, I, I suppose uh, you're familiar with um, shit London Guinness. I think on Twitter, like, did you see, like, like I know he does it, he does it his way, but did you see a gap in the market? To, is that how the idea came into your head, or how do you think of starting? Well, I always have to be honest about the idea. So, I've a, I've a mate from I'm from Ashburn, a mate of a mate, right. uh, Colomo Maylod. He brought the idea to me. Um, he basically said there's a there's a guy, uh, so there's an American company, Barstool Sports, and it's run by a guy yeah. called Dave Portnoy. And he basically for years has been doing the with pizza, and he's just literally very simple, no fancy frills to the videos, no crazy edits, just goes to the place, eats the pizza and talks shit and reviews it. And he said, like, this could he knew I was kind of into the videos. Yeah. And he said this could be a bit of crack to do with Guinness. Um and and it was a very, very slow start for a good year or two years. I'm doing it since August 2019. And I'd say only really the last sort of six, seven months, it's it's kind of caught on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I noticed that, like, because I, I was Googling it there and it said you've been doing it for the last two years, but it's only really after taking off the last while. Um, but the other thing I'll ask as well, Dara, is that um, uh, what did you do before that then? Like you said, you're at a full time now. Like, you know, what, what was your original trade or whatever? Or did you go to college or what's the story? Went to college for, I'm 28 now. Went to college for a year, dropped out hospitality management. Only went to college because I ha- I was lucky enough to get a rugby scholarship in DIT, but All it right. still didn't, still didn't keep me in college. Um, and then did a bit, loads of different jobs, bit of traveling, went to New Zealand and Asia and stuff like that. Came back picked up the paintbrush i was a painter and decorator in ashburn uh for about four and a half years and i was able to give that up just kind of about october october just gone there was yeah. uh i could see uh there was a little bit of money coming in and stuff from youtube and i just said you know what fuck it i'm going for it and here we are now is is that how you're making your money like youtube and do do pubs and stuff pay to come over and rate their guinness or how does it work no, it's nothing to do with the pubs. It's pretty much all YouTube. Like I've got kind of, I've got merch and stuff the odd time, but you'd be surprised. You would think you'd make more money on that than, than you actually do. But the main income, like the main solid income is is YouTube. So say with the YouTube views, you get ads from that. But also more importantly, I generally have a sponsor for each video. So you might work with say, I don't know, three, four or five different sponsors at a time and say, you might have four or five videos a month and you might get a sponsor to, you get a contract with a sponsor and uh, you'll do a video a month for, could be one month, could be six months or whatever. And that's pretty much what pays my bills. Right. Yeah, no, because like if I was a pub owner, I'd only be busting to get you in, like, you know, but... um. No, I've been, I've had offers, all right, like not many now, but you get the odd message like, ah, kind of meow lad owns a pub and he'd be happy to pay you to come and all. But I just think like once I start, yeah, accepting payment from pubs, that's game over because it's always been, I think, the draw for, for my content has always been, it's, I like you to got, think it's gen, it's genuine. Enough, honest, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. 
So right. I can't be like, right, well, this pub is paying me, this pub isn't, but I'll still score them the same. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, no yeah. one's going to believe that. that. That's such a very good point you make. Um, and tell me, like, so, like some of the videos yeah, you're getting are massive views. Like, you know, like the one I really enjoyed was um, the most expensive point in Dublin and the cheapest point. Tell me how you went about that one. Yeah, well, it's just gas. Like, you, you just don't know. Like, you could put... I could go to a town and I could I could be there all day and filming and editing and all and the video might do okay. And then like that video, for example, so it was most expensive versus cheapest pint of Guinness in Dublin. Now, I kind of had a feeling it would do well because it's all just about the title and stuff and people and like say I put the Temple Bar receipt in the in the thumbnail. The thumbnail is like the picture on the video. Yeah. So you kind of got to be smart with it as well. But yeah, that was, I just thought a video like that would do well and the, the interesting thing was the most expensive point in Dublin and the cheapest were literally uh, about 300 metres away from each other. So Temple Bar being the most expensive, I think six euro 90. And then the Snug Bar, which actually was about 370 when I reviewed it two years ago. I think it's up to about 450 or something. But um, yeah, oh, literally never. It's a case of an idea pops into your head and you do it. And then like I've got the, the town and city videos are a solid thing kind of say week to week or every two weeks but then if an idea pops into the head you just go for it yeah and what's your uh, two questions and i suppose um what's your most wh- what piece of work are you happy with the most like you know like i said that was a very good video and the other thing is are you literally drinking a pint of guinness every day okay first question nothing really comes to mind like i'm just very happy with like like say for example I'm on TikTok and my TikTok got really big in 2020 because I was mixing Guinness with all these random drinks. And like, I wasn't necessarily like super proud of that as in it was something original, but at the end of the day, like I started going to the pubs and then the proudest thing was when I was able to kind of build up the YouTube again and the Instagram last year doing what I've started doing. So actually going to pubs and yeah. Um, yeah, video was just just happy every time i make a video i'm more happy with that like i'm I'm editing the london video at the minute and i'm looking back at like say the waterford video from only about three or four months ago and i'm going jesus i was i i there's so much more i could improve on do you know what i mean so each video i make is t- tends to be better than the last and then the other question about the drinking um i probably do a a video like going to a town or a city maybe every two weeks and i'm probably right. at five points and then I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't really go out much on like I might see the lads once if even once a month maybe right. once every two months and have a few pints um but luckily I'm doing this at an age like if I started doing this and, and got a bit of notoriety at like 21 22 I'd have been bollocks because I'd have wanted to go out every weekend and I'd be filming and this and I'd be fucking drinking way too much but the fact that like it's pretty much yeah it's it probably I don't know, averages are like yeah. maybe five points a week or something, which is no more than the average bloke. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's good that we cleared up that you're not a raving alcoholic anyway. Like, yeah, so that's, <laughs> this is my cover-up anyway. It'd be a great cover-up if I needed one. But yeah. the, it is funny. I was thinking to myself, like, I was only thinking I'm doing this two and a half years. I, I don't feel any more like addicted to pints than I did two and a half years ago. So I think touch wood I should be safe. I remember the start of it thinking this could turn me into an absolute alcohol, but like I don't think it has. So yeah, yeah, yeah. the other question I want to ask you is really because like obviously like obviously it's a sports podcast that I started last year and but I kind of I said this is a great little story to get you on at the end of Brian Hurley being on. But like 
Um, have you done any other interviews? Because like I always think of the late ish every Friday. And I was like, this is these are stories that we should be hearing, like little ventures that you're doing, you know. But again, we always hear about a guy that was on the late late five times in the year, a guy from RT or something. But like, have you done any other radio stations and stuff like that? Well, the odd little thing, like, and I've done a few podcasts, but nothing, nothing crazy to be honest with you. Um, I was on on FM 104 on one of the evening shows that was a bit of crack um but yeah no just just the odd podcast yeah, that could be another uh, that could be another avenue for you to go down go into a pub and do a podcast I don't know you know so definitely have considered it I've I, I I had a podcast before and I could trying to get guests and stuff and I I was just I kind of struggled with it and and I think I do want to do a podcast but I, I'm gonna think long and hard about what I want to do, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. something actually in pubs and possibly with owners or just like funny old lads in pubs and stuff could be good. But yeah, I think a lot of people just think, oh, I'll start a podcast. And then they realize like to actually get one out every week. I'm sure, you know, a lot, a lot harder than it seems, you know? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. But yeah. Um, the other thing is also is that we got a few questions in, obviously I put up that you're oh, yeah. coming on and people reply to it. What's your favorite drink when you're drink when you're not drinking Guinness? Um, I would say probably beer Moretti. I know a lot of people are drinking that lately. Uh, I just like the kind of the glass that comes in. And yeah, if I wasn't, if I was out for say a meal, you know yourself, like fat pint of Guinness with like a a steak or something isn't really ideal. So I might have a Guinness before and then like a beer Moretti with the meal. Yeah. Um. What's what qualifies as a 10, 10 out of 10 Guinness for you? My kind of thing is if it gets a 9 or over, it's basically a 10. Like, right. I, I've never given a 10 out of 10 uh, just because, like, that if I give a 10 out of 10 and then I get a point that's better, then what, what do I give that a 10.1? So, like, I've given the Gravediggers and Bows in Dublin and then Tafts in Galway they're the only three that I've ever gotten over a nine. Um, and like they're they're perfect points. Like at the end of the day, they might as well be 10, you know. I think oh, it's yeah. just a bit more crack to just kind of keep it keep it nine point something. Yeah. And like um, what's the where have you been then, Daryl, so far? Like what counties have you been? And you were in England last week. Like you've what you've planned this year then, like where are you going and stuff like that? I've been I've been loads of places and people always tell me like to I don't really have like a database of kind of you know, if you want to see like where I've been and wh- and where I'm going and stuff. So I'm actually starting to put, I'm, I'm building a sort of a website and a map and all, but it's going to take me months. But if someone listening wants to kind of get a brief idea, so I've on my Instagram, just under the bio, there's all these highlights and I've started to add them. So you've got, you know, Belfast, Cork, Galway, Liverpool, Dublin, all these different places. So it's real just handy. Like if you're going to somewhere like this, to one of these cities you just go to my page and you just click on the thing and it's just one little story and it just has like a top top five or whatever um but i've been to i'd say i've been to about 25 different places um all the big cities in ireland then i've been to liverpool i did a video i did a video in frankfurt Uh, i've just been to london i was in bristol and then i was also in a place in portugal where the points were were Mm. shy and then this year yeah just just keep keep it up you're obviously going to run out of places eventually but i'd love to literally just like see you have to see what in terms of expenses and stuff but like i'd love to go to like boston and new york and australia and everywhere i just think it'd be it'd be great crack yeah and what's the what's the finish goal then dara i suppose 
don't really have a finished goal. Like I know Guinness guru, like Guinness content isn't going to keep people entertained forever. And I do love doing this sort of thing. So I do have like yourself, like with bench warmers, yeah. there's loads of different fields you can go into and I'm only kind of starting out and I do have um, different things I would like to, to, to have a go at and just kind of keep it under that sort of guru umbrella or whatever. So that's sort of the plan for the future, but I'd be, I'd keep me cards close enough to me chests, probably more so that I don't really have a clue what the future holds, but that's just right. what I say. Right. But um, yeah, and end goal Guinness Guru, I've, I've always said New York City or Boston will be the ultimate destination. Um, but like, I'd love to see, even as you get a really big name, like if you could like, you know, just have a point with like different actors and musicians and stuff like that. But yeah, you never know what way it'll take you. Just keep going basically. No, I, I think you're on to a winner there, Dara, and um, look and the, the very best luck with it. And um, yeah, I think that's it. It was great talking, gentlemen. Like you know, hang on, Neville, short and sweet, just how we like it. That's it. That's it. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to my two guests, Castlehaven and Cork footballer Brian Hurley. I really hope the Cork footballers go well this year. I've been to most Munster football finals, and if I'm around, I'll definitely be there between Cork and Kerry again this year. So always been a big follower of the Cork footballers and Brian is really a classy footballer and a vital player in the Cork team. So good luck to Brian and the Cork footballers this year. And good luck to Derek Hearn uh, with the Guinness Guru. I really do think he's onto a winner there and that's why I invite him on the pod. It's a very interesting story and any stories like that, I see from now on, I'll try and add him in after that. I know he's not sport, uh, but I just thought it was an interesting story and who doesn't like to know where you can get a good point of Guinness so uh, good luck to both Brian Hurley with Cork and good luck to Derek Kern, the Guinness Guru um, until next time remember you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts I'm Neville O'Donoghue thanks for listening and I'm all here.